Okay, so you know what's really annoying? When people can't take and accept the answer no. Ooh, tell me about <laughs> it. Well, first of all, I was at a party last night, and I decided I wasn't going to drink, which, who to me, I didn't do it. But, yeah. um, so I had a whole bunch of people just, like, forcing, trying to force me to take shots. And, like, I finally had these two people that we were at a house party, but they were bartenders who were off-duty, but obviously making all the drinks, because that's what happens when you're a bartender at a party. And they both stood up at the, almost the exact same time and was like, she said no, now leave it the fuck alone. And I was just Good like... Huh? First of all, grade A, thank you to those people that I don't know. I don't even know your fucking names, but thank you. People don't like no. <laughs> and it's so, obno- it is so obnoxious and it is so infuriating when people just can't accept no. Like, and instead of just being like, oh, all right, cool, like, no problem. Like, yeah, you do you, boo. Like, no, no means no. I'm sorry. You are pushing past my boundaries that I've set mm. and you don't like that. It's not a bigger factor than that. Like, you are pushing past my boundaries, trying to cross that line, and I'm not allowing you to do so. Yeah, and it's pissing you off, and that's not my problem. You need to, like, Please address that with yourself. Yeah, figure it out for yourself. I'm like, <sighs> anyway, I'm annoyed. How have you been this week? Well, um, I guess, actually, we should probably do our intro first, huh? No. You still want to chit-chat first? We can chit-chat. Okay. Uh, so, I am peachy i've been saying just peachy all week well it is peach season that's how i feel um i got a haircut this time which you look flawless thank you i met this amazing stylist so i'm very happy um i got my hair redone for the summer and i got bangs again (laughs) which you look gorgeous it's fine i was just like bangs for the summer do i really want to do that yeah because i was like hot and sweaty and, like, you know, you get the bed head. And, like, do I want to deal with that all summer? Every morning. I'm looking like a rooster. You're like, bow, bow, bow. Yeah, welcome to, my, welcome to my life with the shaved head. I send you so many videos. I'm like, good morning. My hair is sticking straight up. Like, you just need a whole lot of water. Yeah, it was just way too cute to pass up. It's almost like a longer, shaggy type cut. And then um, with the front bangs, they're, like, almost like curtain bangs, mm-hmm. but shorter. So, uh, other than that, I've kind of just been chugging along. Really, like I said, just doing just peachy, <laughs> minding my own business, staying out of all the drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a good thing considering the summer. Is it just me or does summer bring like a whole bunch more drama than like winter ever does? I swear, something about the seasons changing. Yeah, okay, People, it's not they all come out of the gutters or something. <laughs> like, you want to fight? You let's go. <laughs> I'm so excited it's not just me because like I was like, Noticing that like drama was picking up at work, and then I was like, We were cool like a few weeks ago. Like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, We got nice weather, and everybody's like, I'm gonna fight you, bitch. Like, we're no longer friends, bitch. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 what is in the air? I know Mercury's retrograde this week, but like, usually it's good to me. What is fucking going on? Is that drama in the air? I smell. I'm out. 
Sailor B, close the door, lock it. That's kind of what I was like all this week. I was just like headphones in. Like people were annoying me by talking. Like kept want to interrupt and like talk to me. And I was like, I got shit to do. I don't want to be all up in this drama. Like, I'm not about it. I'm not here for this shit. Leave me alone. I'm here. I'm yeah. doing peachy. I want to stay peachy. And I'd like to, yeah, yeah. I'd like to stay that way. No, thank you. So anything, anything else? That's it. Just, just peachy and staying out of the drama. Yup. <laughs> yup. <laughs> That's it. But did you did you do any self care routines this week? Besides getting your hair done, did you do anything other than that? No. Nope. <laughs> the hair was enough. I swear every time someone asks me what I've been doing and what I've been up to lately, my brain just immediately deletes <laughs> all of the files. <laughs> it's like we didn't do shit. Burn them. Burn all the files. We didn't do anything. <laughs> It's like that Chris girl that she like has like the the brain, the people in the brain like controlling it. It's like memory, memory, memory. Oh yeah, I shredded all those files for you. You asked me to. <laughs> Wait, all the files? Yeah, I shredded all those files. All of them. Yeah. So where are the keys? I don't know. I shredded that file. <laughs> yeah. You just hit delete and the memory went. <laughs> Yeah, I have, like, selective memory. I just, like, in in and out. In one ear, out the other. It's, like, in my brain, out the brain. (laughs) It's like they ask this question. Avert, hit the red button. (laughs) Yeah. So, peachy is my answer. Just peachy. That's a good answer. All right. Are you ready to roll into it? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Table Talks, where deeper conversations are something highly sought after but rarely explored. And I have with me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Alyssa. I got a new adjective. You did. <laughs> Do you know that I was literally thinking about that all the way here this morning? <laughs> Hi, honey bee. <laughs> I got so shocked by the adjective change. I forgot, neglected my greeting. <laughs> all right. You want to talk about fear and failure? Yeah, since we pushed this episode off. The first one just didn't come out well. No. We're going to be honest. We, we changed the schedule around from what it was originally. Yeah. We recorded this, and then uh, the absolute failure of Jocelyn's computer dying on us. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, my gosh, how much did it record? And then I was just absolutely stonewalling Jocelyn. I was like, Jocelyn would talk for, like, ever, and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, or <laughs> i just, like, look at her, and there's no answer, and I'm like... Okay, so the next point is, and I was like, wow, I feel so clunky. Like, I know I know what I'm talking about because, like, I've had my, like, I've had to face my own fears and my own failures, but, like, especially more recently. So, like, I'm, like, fully prepared for this episode, but I was like, this just feels really clunky. I think we need more time. <laughs> I really think did. we need more time. It so. definitely did. We had one other episode like that that we absolutely scrapped. Yeah. And, like, we were just like, wow, it's reminding us of that episode. Yeah, and we were like, okay, never mind. And the fact that, like, it, my computer died right at the end. Thank God. It was, like, maybe 10 minutes before the end, but we hadn't recognized it, sadly. And it was just, like, an all-out sign that just to us felt like, okay, we just need to, like, re-record this episode. And then we kept putting it off because I think neither one of us was really ready to talk about it. So yeah, now so. we're finally here with it, facing your fear and failure. Cheers to this episode going better. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... As always, let's define what is fear and failure. So let's start with fear. Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger, as Mm. well as a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. 
Whether the threat is real or imagined, the feeling uh, or condition of being afraid. Ooh. I really like that second definition. It's whether the threat is real or imagined mm-hmm. because you're acknowledging that fear does sometimes come from like an irrational place. And Absolutely. like, although you're like, oh, it's super irrational, but like, it so weirds me out and mm-hmm. I'm like nervous about it. I really like that they added that into it. Absolutely. Well, and I think because that's a real part of fear, right? We can imagine all these scenarios and fear those scenarios but the likelihood that any of those are actually going to happen like what is that likelihood oh yeah like am i gonna die in a landslide yeah (laughs) yeah i mean there's a chance but it's probably a slim chance yeah and like are you do you live in an area that landslides are like a problem nope yeah we don't i'd be more likely to die in like a snowstorm (laughs) yeah like i would literally from hypothermia or getting lost in the woods i feel like are probably more likely to happen or a car accident which i know is sad but true like i'm that's more likely to happen than any of my other fears (laughs) do you have any fears irrational or otherwise I know for me, fear of failing is like a huge fear of mine. I think that's common for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. And I think much outside of that fear, I'm like trying to think of like whether there's snakes. Snakes used to be a fear of mine, but I got over that once I started holding them and playing with them. And I was like, oh, they're not actually trying to kill me all the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Oh, so when they're fed, they're like, they just want to like hang out and like be little dogs and be like basically held and pet. I was like, okay, cool. I can fuck with that. Um, I can't think of really, like, I think one fear that I do have, and it's only because summer's coming up, is getting beetles in my hair when I'm swimming. Like, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid mm. of that. That was something that, like, because my hair was always, like, up in a bun and, like, or in a ponytail and, like, just a mess in the summer. I remember having that happen as a kid. So I think that's why, like, if there's beetles in the pool, like, I'm I'm skimming the entire pool and my hair is up and I probably am not going under the water until I figure out where that all the beetles very are. Very valid. I wouldn't want to like shake my ponytail out after yeah. a long day and be like beetles. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and I just saw a video on TikTok of a guy that was like getting he had dreads and he was like getting it pulled out and like he had something and there's like, yeah it just keeps like itching my head man like I don't know and the way they were moving the dread and trying to like see made it look like whatever was in there was actually like moving like a bug and it wasn't it was like a fishing lure but like of course as you're moving it it's like green and orange so it looks like a fucking beetle but it's a fishing lure sir how did you get a fishing lure he sleeps on the beach so they were like do you like sleep on the beach he's like yeah man like all the time bro. like it's just so great being with nature and the ocean and I'm like bruh <laughs> so much so that there's a fishing lure stuck in your head like how many days were you sleeping on the beach for you to get a fishing lure stuck in there <laughs> like so like again this like brings up that like fear of like having beetles in my hair and I was like summer's coming I just saw that video and I was like mm, not for me this is very off topic but you said breathing and then I thought of this video I just saw recently <laughs> The guy bought like peanut butter at Kroger's or something. And, and it was the, breathing. Yes! And there was a hole in the middle, which no one decided to talk about in the video. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is it breathing? Because peanut butter has bacteria in it. Like, because it got too hot? Or uh-huh. like, I thought maybe the hole at the bottom was causing an air bubble. And so that was like 
pushing it and having it retract and so it looked like it was breathing but i was like no there's like actually like when peanut butter goes bad there's like a certain bacteria in it like i, I don't know why i did this but after i saw that video i went and did some research and it's like peanut butter once it's already turned and it's been in like climates that keep changing like back and forth which it probably does on yeah. a fucking truck and in warehouses it actually creates a bacteria once it's like made into the cream and like it like is like it will kill you it will literally kill you by eating it. I hope he didn't eat the peanut butter. I don't think he did. I think he threw it out. I think I saw the Good same choice. video. But, like, I definitely went and did some research afterwards. And, like, peanut butter that's gone bad, like, will. And I'm like, is it a fucking live? It kind of, like, is vegan, this, like, interstellar or some bullshit? Like, vegan what? is now including peanut butter because yeah. it's breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely made me think. I'm like. How long does it take me to eat a jar of peanut butter? And I was like, a really long time. He had the big one, though. He yeah. had, like, the family size. I always just get, like, I'm a Jif girl, so mm. I always just get, like, the smaller one. Yeah, me too. But I, I make sure it's one. small so that I don't, because I don't go through a lot of peanut butter. But no. that's, like, weirded me out. I was like, super freaky. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> my, my fear. <laughs> I was going to say, where are we going with this? Oh, yeah, your fear is next. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I've had many fears. I used to be afraid of heights. But I got over that. Um, I started trying rock climbing, and mm. it actually sounded really fun, so I got over that. Um, for a while, I was a little nervous about having spiders crawl into my mouth while I was sleeping, because I saw that statistic that you eat, like, eight a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got I saw eight. Too. I only saw three. Oh, was eight. it? I thought it was, like, six six oh. or eight, maybe. Maybe my stats are wrong. No, that's okay. Maybe my stats are wrong, because three feels like a low number. I also just, like, had to realize that, like, wasn't gonna have any control if there was a spider crawling in my mouth while True. I was mid ram. Like it's not happening. There's nothing I can do. No, I guess I'm getting some extra protein today. <laughs> some extra microbes. Chocolate crickets and some nice crunchy spiders. Ah, <laughs> oh, <gross>. oh. <laughs> um, but my I think the only fear that I have left is some claustrophobia. Because I I'm not claustrophobic in like caves or anything. I've been mm-hmm. in like small caverns. Um, it's usually when, like, it's so random, but, like, when someone sits, sits on, on you. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely had that fear, or, like, when, like, cuddling, I don't know about you, but, like, when I cuddle with someone, like, I like to front cuddle, but I can't be the person on the bottom with my head in your chest. Like, I, or, like, in your neck area, like, I have to be the one on top, and you have to be, like, in my chest, because, like, that, I, like, it's, like, hot air, and, like, oh. it just, like... See, if it, even that doesn't bother me. Maybe yeah. it's more of, like, a suffocation factor. I think, yeah, that's Because... Sounds... <laughs> pinpointing it to my childhood here i remember my brother sitting on me because i had the remote control to the tv and i he wanted it and obviously he like sat on me as a tactic to get it back but i was like whoa 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 <laughs> get off me <laughs> i freaked take out take it back take it back you can have it yeah, yeah so now I re- and somebody else did that to me they put like a soda bottle on my back and i was like whoa 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 and so every time yeah. then i just i don't know if i'm getting over that one <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And like, and like you said, it's not like a fear of small places. Like, I don't, like that doesn't. So I feel like it's not necessarily claustrophobia. It's more the fear of suffocating. Yeah, but it's a very specific like situation and where in which yeah. I feel that fear. It has to be like somebody like pushing or like laying on top of me to on, where my stomach is face down, like on the floor. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, drowning maybe would be the only other thing, but I'm not afraid of drowning because I know how to swim. You know what I mean? Like, you will if you I got like anchored down, like that's sleeping different. with the fishes type of thing. Like, yeah, that's different. But like. I think everybody has that fear because, 
like or what if you got like stuck on a coral or a hook or a fishing yeah. or <laughs> in the ocean and then you're yeah. like ah, da, da, da. yeah okay like, i think we all have those fears but i think it's like to it's not to the point that like we don't actually like well, I guess some obviously some people do because some people like don't go swimming for the reasons of being afraid of drowning. But I feel like being afraid of drowning and like being afraid of suffocating are a little different. I don't know. On I feel like there's a fine line. <laughs> On this week's episode of A Thousand Ways to Die. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, back to facing your fears and failure. Jocelyn had some really good facts mm-hmm. that you might not know about fear, and I thought these were really cool. So, Joss. Yeah. All right. So fear is physical. If activated, your amygdala, which puts you in fight or flight mode, which now we know there's fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. So there's more than just fight and flight, which causes your blood pressure to change and your heart rate to increase. Stress hormones are released. So obviously that's a physical response, like yeah. what your body does in order to protect itself from I fear. I think we talk about this one most often, like your heart's pounding, mm-hmm. you're like starting to sweat. You're like, huh, do I need to go? Do I need to go? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And this one was kind of interesting to me is fear can make you foggy. Hmm. And this one was really interesting because I think about like my fear of failure and like my like imposter syndrome and things like that. And I'm like, I do make really like irrational decisions that like once I'm in the clear, I look back on and go, why did I think that was a good idea? And I'm like, not that it was a terrible idea, but just like it wasn't the best idea it could have been if I would have taken some more time to think it out. And it's like. Well, yeah, I was in I was in a state of like I'm afraid to do this thing, but I need to do it, so I'm just gonna do it. So it made me foggy, which is interesting. This one that one makes me nervous because, <laughs> like, you think fight fight or flight, and you'd hope that it would be like your survival instincts kicking in, but to hear like it's making you foggy and you're not really making the best decisions because you're in fear of your life, like, what? Ooh, doesn't that contradict each other? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every serial killer in a movie. <laughs> Yeah. Is that why we all, like, you know, in those movies, they, like, go to the basement or they go to the attic because, like, you're in... Uh, let's go out of... to the barn. Yeah. Like, let's hide behind the chainsaws. They like, won't see us. Yeah. Like, Let's no. stick together and then split apart. Yeah. Like, it's it's so weird that, like you said, like, you would think your survival instincts would really play a role and, like, it seems to fucking go out the window right yeah here. i would think they'd be like highly alert fine-tuned like right. i'm making the best decisions of my life because my life is at stake yeah. and now you're saying i'm dazed and confused right right like what is that shit what is that shit but anyway number three is fear can become pleasure basically you found dopamine from a fear response such as roller coasters haunted houses horror movies um and your body is no longer processing it as fear, but rather excitement, which I think just those examples alone, like roller coasters, haunted houses, like people go to those things over and over and over again. And like, it's because of the dopamine, the adrenaline that kicks in. Right. Yeah. I used to actually be afraid of roller coasters. Now that you said you bring it up. Um, I don't know why. I think it was more irrational because I was like looking at this large, what seemed like rickety at the time. Yeah. <laughs> machine of some sort that's supposed to like bring me around and spin me and do all these things and I was like I'm a pass yeah but I was not the fear of heights at the time too because I was right. a younger child but right. once I got on the roller coaster I was like woo yeah. so great yeah you have like a bunch of fun with it but yeah like that first initial like fear of roller coasters but then once you get on like the excitement kicks in so now you're like oh okay I could do this again and again yeah I also think like 
Um, fear can become pleasure, like sexy time. Oh, 100%. Like, ooh, that dominating, like, I'm a little fearful, but like, I kind of am into it. Uh, yup, <laughs> yup, absolutely. Um, number four is fear is not phobia. So, fear is a common reaction to events. Phobia is when it interferes with your ability to function and maintain a consistent quality of life, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because I was like, I've heard of people having phobias, but I always. When people say they have a phobia, it always, like, triggered for me, like, irrational fear, not actual phobia. Because I did always think, like, phobia interfered with how you go about your daily life, almost as if it was, like, uh, OCD or something like that. So it it just seemed... Like agoraphobia. Like, you're afraid to be inside. Right. Like, right. On the, from somebody on the outside looking in, it might look like it's irrational. Because, like, there's nothing to be afraid of. But, like, right. that person is legitimately experiencing a fear that has lasted and evolved into something where they genuinely feel and think that something is going to happen to them if they step outside. Or maybe it did. Sometimes that yeah. fear can be from, like, a... Like, event. A, a tra- you know, a traumatic event. and. Yeah. Now you don't want to step outside, and it just kind of morphs itself. Yeah. So that is interesting. Yeah. So I definitely, like, this gave me almost, like, more compassion when somebody says that they have a phobia because it made me actually, like, recognize that, like, phobias interfere with your life versus me just, like, downplaying it as in, like, oh, that's an irrational fear. And I was like, no, somebody has a phobia. I should take that at face value, whatever the phobia is, even if it doesn't make sense to me. So educational moment. Felt good about it. Um, fear keeps you safe. We all experience it. Fear on some level, which keeps us safe by using the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. We typically do one of these responses when fear is present because we know one of them will keep us safe. It's usually whatever one we thought we needed to do in our childhood. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Childhood trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding back the edge to go, childhood trauma! (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's weird that you have the fear can make you foggy but fear keeps you safe. Those almost feel contradictory, do they not? No, they definitely do. I mean, it's supposed to keep you safe, but if you're making bad decisions during that time because you can't think rationally, Mm. how is it really keeping you safe? But I think that we have to think about that the brain kind of, like, stops controlling the thoughts on an, like a more like granular basis and is really just running on that adren- adrenaline it's pumping in your and it's like move your feet let's go that's why it's always you'll see fight or flight i think a little bit more commonly yeah. over like fawn or freeze yeah i think those have been more nuanced like they've become newer in the field of like fight or flight now we have two others yeah there. and like you almost have to like shut your brain down because you're you have blood flow moving to your brain so if you kind of like shut it off yeah. You're able to put that into your feet, and now you're running like fucking hell away from that weird guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And it's crazy because I was like, oh, fight or flight. That makes sense. And, like, I, my mom and I scare each other, like, consistently coming up the stairs, like, coming around the corner just for, like, the fuck of it, have fun, laughs. And usually my response is fight and flight at the same time. Like, my hands are going, but, like, I'm backstepping. Like, yeah, come at me, but I'm running. Like, fuck this shit. And, like, so, like, I have, like, a multi-response. And it's, like, and sometimes there is the, like, "Ah," and I do freeze. So, like, that on, like, like you said, like, that more basic level. It's, like, yeah, I just, I do whatever my brain says I should do. (laughs) Wherever the blood goes first, that's what I do. I was going to say, I think the number five fear keeps you safe. I think about, like, the moms pulling up cars so because their baby's in danger or something like that yeah. like you get that 
crazy amount of strength because everything's running and if it's taking away from your brain so you're not necessarily thinking rationally like oh i can't lift this car you're like yeah i need to lift this car because my child's in danger yeah yeah absolutely which is like crazy to think about and the fact that yeah we can lift the car in those cases because of all of the dopamine and adrenaline in our bodies yeah yeah so do you have anything on facing fears for us other than you know my my five there yeah so on like facing your fears i think you have to take a little bit more of like a head-on approach you have to acknowledge maybe why you had that fear Mm -hmm. um but to truly face it i think you have to work on your exposure to it Um, So what I found in my research was to make a list of all of the fearful situations, objects, people, places, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then like, like, oh, I feel fearful when I'm, you know, walking to my car alone at night. I feel fearful when I'm talking to the opposite sex for longer than a couple of minutes, like Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then you want to list it out and rearrange that list from least scary to most scary. Like, what scares you the most? Mm. And then you're going to start at the beginning of that list because we're not going to, like, face the really scary situations right away. Mm-hmm. We need that gradual exposure. So you're repeatedly putting yourself into those feared situations until you feel a little bit less anxious about it. Mm. So you do that gradual exposure, and then you want to make adjustments. So start with that least scary and okay, maybe you feel anxious about, or you have, like, social anxiety and fear, and you feel anxious when you engage in a group of people. Okay, well, maybe we can't have a long, drawn-out conversation, but we can adjust the length of that conversation. Maybe we have, like, a couple-of-minute conversation, and then we leave. Yeah. Maybe you go to a party, and you're staying for a little while, and then you're going home. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, like, I feel like the amount of people in the situation. So if, like, a big group scares you, like, only converse with, like, two other people, and then, like, work your way up to bigger people, like, bigger groups as you go. Yeah, you really want to adjust, like, the time frame, so that's either length or time of day, environment, or people involved. Mm-hmm. I think one that stands out to me is, if you remember a little while ago, I was very upset that I wasn't comfortable going to a concert by myself, mm. um, because it was in Boston. Boston also on top of that and Boston's just a clusterfuck for me <laughs> I don't like being in crowded spaces let alone all the traffic and the weird places but I actually made a list for myself of like how I was going to get myself to be able to go to a concert and feel comfortable by myself and I wrote down that I would take a trip to Boston on a day where there isn't a lot of traffic so I'm not going on a weekend I'm not going at five o'clock or rush hour traffic I would just pick like I said like midnight like a random time weekday frame. and I'm just going to take like a little hour long trip to Boston so I'd get comfortable with the drive and like where I am. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great ad- example of like that adjustment Absolutely. to what I feel kind of anxious or fearful about. Yeah, of course. I think that's a great thing to do too is like taking the initial drive just either into the the city you're going into or the place that you're going into or taking the drive to the actual location that you're going to. Well, so driving used to really freak me out. I, like, didn't want to get my license. Like, I was not the typical 16-year-old that was like, driver's ed? Like, I didn't, like, I didn't want to do driver's ed. I felt nervous thinking about all the people, like, in the backseat watching Mm -hmm. me drive like a complete moron because I didn't know how to drive at first. And so, like, I waited. I waited until I was 18 to get my driver's license, and my parents taught me, and I didn't do any driver's ed. And I didn't like going into Providence before Mm -hmm. and, and taking highways and stuff, but the more I did it, the less anxious I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And I was driving, like, the same highways over and over again. Yeah, so I kind of, like, had that granular too. adjustment. And now I'm at the point where I'm considering going to Boston by myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, 
I don't know, ten years ago now, I'd probably be like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, nope, nope, no, nope, no, nope. yeah, yep. Uh, I'm gonna stop there because I know you had some interesting. Oh yeah, my my ten little ways to um, fight your fears. This is from the NHS in Scotland um, for basically health in Scotland. I thought this was a very interesting article, and the first one is take time out, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just basically like when you're flooded with fear or anxiety, like take ten, take fifteen, and go do something that gets your mind off of it. Whether that's you know. If you think going for a walk is going to help or meditation or, you know, uh, making a tea or whatever it is for you, take that time. Um, breathe through panic, which I really liked that one. Um, I think you have to breathe through panic. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have my heart been like pounding in my chest and I'm like, you got to just sit through it. Like you got to breathe. You're going to f- if you f- if you leave right now, it's n- you're still going to have the same fear. If, if anything, you're going to like reinforce it. Yeah. So yep. if you stay in, like, okay, maybe I can't do 10 seconds, but I'm going to do five. <laughs> yeah. That's why I liked, um, for me, I like using the box breathing. And I like using even the box breathing when I'm going to sleep. So it's like four seconds in, you hold for four seconds, out for four seconds, hold for four seconds, in for four seconds. Oh, so that's it's like a good visual, a too. Yeah. You could, like, point yep. your finger out. Yep. And that's why I really, I like that one a lot. And I use that a lot when I'm trying to, like, sleep and my brain is just, like, on overdrive. I'm like box breathe box breathe it helps like slow me down and it helps to slow my breathing and give me in like a relaxed state so mm. if anyone ever needs that that's one that i think is really good um the number three said face your fears um and they're basically just saying avoiding your fears is only going to make them scarier which i think is true because you're just gonna have more time to think about it <laughs> yeah it's like the monster growing it's just gonna get bigger until it becomes this like daunting fear yeah absolutely and imagine the worst, which sounds like that's what you did with your make a list. I think that's great. You you imagine the worst possible situation. Yeah, make a worst list case for that. Scenarios. Right? Absolutely. We talked about that in the Overthinker Brain um, episode, I think, four, right? Or three. Maybe that's so, why I'm so good at facing my own fears because of all the <laughs> overthinking that I do behind it. Yeah. Um, look at the evidence, which I thought this one was pretty interesting. Ask yourself what you would say to a friend who had a similar fear. I really liked that point because it made you think outside yourself. Like if somebody else was in this, in this situation, like I just said, like, I wouldn't think that they had a phobia. I think they'd have an irrational fear. Like, what would I say to somebody like that? So can I say that? Like, say that to myself. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's not sitting with you, you have a different perspective on it. Right. Yeah, you get in your that third party yeah. opinion, but you have to kind of like give it to yourself if you're by yourself in those situations. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a really good one. Number six was don't try to be perfect. We talk about this all the time. Um, I really like said life is full of stresses. You yet many of us feel that our lives must be perfect. Bad days and setbacks will always happen, and it's important to remember that life is messy. Yep. I really liked that last one. Just remembering that life is method- messy. Damn straight. <laughs> yep. Um, number seven is visualize a happy place. I also liked this one. Um, not something that I use as often, but I definitely liked it. Yeah, I was so, just trying to think of like when I would use a happy place. Yeah. But I, I think it doesn't work some of the time. But right. like for me, I think it would give me more anxiety. Like if I am out in a social situation and I'm fearful of that. Then to, like, picture about being at home and comfortable, I'd be like, no, we leaving. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. So that's why I was like, okay, this one might be nice if maybe, I don't even know. I was, like, trying to think of a situation where you're you're feeling fearful, but. I got it. Okay. This is very out there, but Fear Factor, the the show, Mm. when it used to be out, like, 
used to have to lay in like a box of spiders or snakes or something like that you just like close your eyes and you're like i'm not with snakes i'm not with snakes i'm not with snakes yeah <laughs> i'm on a beach i'm living my best life at the beach mm-hmm. yeah that's happy true places. yeah yeah that's a good point um talk about it sharing fear takes away a lot of their scariness and mm-hmm. I think it's, again, you get that outsider perspective of somebody who maybe doesn't have the same fear as you or maybe does have the same fear. And you guys can talk it out and be like, oh, this is how I cope with it. Oh, I didn't think about that. This is how I cope with it. And the other person, oh, shit, that's a good idea. Um, I yeah, think you, like, share your, your thinking and ways of doing things. And- Absolutely. Um, and they gave a ton of different resources here. So we'll definitely link this one down in the show notes. Um, this is mostly for Scotland, but they definitely have some cool things in here. Um, which I'm sure will lead you to link you to other things in America. <laughs> um, they had one for, oh, they this this was the one where they had said also cognitive behavioral therapy, but we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to say if you feel like you need therapy for any of your fears, we recommend going and getting in. Yeah, when it's impacting your life and mm-hmm. it's stopping you from doing things, please consider talking to your doctor or therapist. Absolutely. Because there's plenty of different types of therapies, including exposure therapy, mm-hmm. um, to help you start really getting and overcoming the fears that you're experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. Number nine was go back to basics. Um, and they said lots of people turn to alcohol or drugs to self-treat anxiety, but this will only make matters worse. Simple, everyday things like a good night's sleep, a wholesome meal, and a walk are often the best cures for anxiety. I found the same thing in my research. Like, avoid alcohol consumption because it's only going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. I know as someone who did microdosing last year, my shaman, I guess you could call her, was very much like, no drinking, when you're microdosing and you shouldn't consume caffeine because the caffeine may increase, may have uh, harmful side effects such as increasing anxiety and inducing panic attacks if that's something that is common for you. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. I was like, so, you know, when I microdose, I usually will cut both of those out. And if I have coffee, it's on like a rare basis or I'm drinking it on the days that I don't microdose. Yeah, I know we don't really talk about it too much, but in regards to alcohol and drugs, Although they, we think about, like, they give us certain effects, mm-hmm. we also have to think about, well, we're putting our mindset with those effects. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to talk about, like, if your mindset is less than, like, good, mm-hmm. it's going to elicit those responses in the way that your mindset is set up. Mm-hmm. So if so, you're already feeling, like, negative or, like, anxious, it's just going to amplify okay. those reactions with your anxiety. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that's coming from somebody who has dealt with using alcohol as her substance to go to for quite some time. And I found that over time it just, I was like, this is just making everything so much worse. I was like, I'm not enjoying it anymore. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people that like, even just marijuana, for example, like mm-hmm. they have, tell me about their terrible experiences and how they never touch it again because they had that like one time where they like freaked out and they like had paranoid. a panic attack. Yeah. yeah, super paranoid. And I was like, Ooh, I mean, if you want to feel comfortable trying it again, it could just spin your mindset. But, like, that does sound scary. Yeah, like, I would definitely not want to do it again if I had that same experience. And number 10, which I really like because treat yourself, bitch. It says just reward yourself. So give yourself a treat. An example of this would be, like, going to get a massage, getting your new favorite CD or downloading your new favorite album, going to get a cup of coffee or anything like that that just, like, 
elicits to you a reward. Maybe that's like going to Target and buying that thing that you kept telling yourself you're not going to buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, facing your fears isn't easy. Mm-mm. Although we all experience fear, it's in varying degrees. And you might go through a situation and be like, oh, gosh, I, I mean, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. But like, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. And you should reward yourself. Or maybe you hit goals and you're like, you know, if I spend 10 minutes in this uncomfortable situation that I fear, I can buy myself X. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Treat yourself. You celebrate your successes. Yes. We talk and about your efforts. Yeah. Because sometimes you're not going to be successful in overcoming your fears. But your effort is partially the success. Yes. Because you tried and you're you're actively trying to. So celebrate those two. Absolutely. So that was all I had for my 10. Do you have anything else for facing fears? Yes. So okay, I cool. had one other, like, um, just how to prevent a relapse. Mm. I think that you can have a relapse kind of sounds like a heavy word, but Mm. um, I think with overcoming and trying to face your fears, you're going to have setbacks. Absolutely. Um, And if you have a really traumatic, traumatizing fear, then it might be and feel like a relapse. Um, So it is common to experience anxiety or become afraid of losing the progress that you've made. You know, once Mm. you have and you're starting to improve and you're experiencing less symptoms, less fear, you kind of want to confirm and verify that you have like a control on it and yeah. that you, you can handle it um so we need to talk about first what lapses versus relapse a lapse is a temporary setback where you return to old habits typically it can be caused by something like stress fatigue drama that type of, like mm. it's a temporary setback mm-hmm relapse is a complete return to old ways of thinking and behavior actions so to prevent this you want to know your warning signs i wrote some examples down so like things like increased feelings of um, stress or anxiety maybe it's more responsibility at home or work changes in your thoughts or self-talk that's a really big one i know for myself is like changes in my thought patterns that i'll recognize and then like the way that i'm talking to myself about certain things i'm like yo be nice. What the fuck? Yeah, that that was the one that I de- identified with myself as well. Um, I thought it was interesting an example of arguments with loved ones. Mm. So maybe you're like m- making you're feeling more anxious and you're kind of like picking an argument or ha- getting yeah. into more arguments with your family friends. Mm. Um, major life changes. Maybe you're. Um, I think that just causes a lot of stress in general. Well, they talk about, like, weddings or Mm. loss of, like, family, friends, like, birth even. Mm -hmm. Like, if those are something that triggers you and you start to feel it, like, know that that's your warning sign. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, I experienced a loss in the family and that's going to cause me to feel fearful or have that anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's a warning sign for me. Yeah. Avoiding activities and situations. Again, if you're starting to avoid or not go certain places... (laughs) (laughs) Jocelyn is hiding. What's up with the hiding? Um, I see this one a lot for myself is like I'll avoid certain activities, like things that I know, especially when I'm kind of like in a down and out area and like I'm feeling like for me, it's like the fear of like failing. I won't do the things that I know set myself up for success to succeed, like Mm. my meditating, like my working out or my eating right so I'll go to just like ordering out food and I'll just like I won't meditate and I'll just like say fuck it and I'll be drinking more wine and I'm be doing all these things that I know are super self-destructive so I'll be avoiding the activities that are actually good for me because I know that they'll make my success Ooh, okay yeah. that makes sense yeah also- which we'll talk about later we have a section that's like fear of failure versus fear of success 
and that that gets into where I know, I've been, I'm looking forward to it. I've been determining for myself which one is mine. So okay, so once you know your warning signs, maybe you write them down. Even um, make a plan of action. Mm, I found that a lot in my research too. Yeah, you want to kind of like come up with what you're going to do when those things start to arise. Like, how are you going to react? How are you going to deal with the fear that you're experiencing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then overall, just be gentle with yourself. I know we say that. That's our love it (laughs) but you you can get yourself back on track it's normal to have setbacks and Mm -hmm. experience some of these laps or relapses you know everyone experiences ups and downs when trying to overcome and face those fears so just remind yourself that you're doing the best that you can in the moment Mm -hmm. in the moment with the knowledge that you have acquired our favorite saying all right you ready to roll into failure? Yeah, you want to take the definition? Hell yeah, I do. Um, so failure is defined as an act or instance of failing or uh, proving unsuccessful, lack of success. Um, the second definition I found was non-performance of something due, required, or expected. I like the second one more than I like that first one because I don't like definitions that include the word in a different sense, like failing. I okay. don't usually like that. So I like the non-performance of something due, required, or expected. And this can even be your own expectations for yourself. I think I like the second definition more just because that due, required, or expected, where the the first one's like very like lack of success. Mm-hmm. Like as if that's the only failure you might experience. Yeah. Where like you might ex- have something that where like you feel like it's expected of you or required mm-hmm. that you do and if you don't live up to those standards you're failing yourself right and, and I others. like and I like what you said earlier is like you may have had success in the execution but not in the actual success of like fully feeling out the situation like as long as you in- anticipated but you went in trying and that is success in itself mm-hmm. and I think that that speaks a lot as to also why I like that second definition more so are you ready to figure out what fear of failure versus fear of success is? Yes. I'm hearing this a second time, and I still don't think I grasped it very well. So let's see. I want to, <laughs> I want to understand this one. All right. So we're going to dive in with fear of failure first. This is really about, like, your inner critic beating yourself up um, when you think you've been unsuccessful. So this is, like, more like that imposter syndrome and constantly beating yourself up because you're not completing the things that you think you should be so fear of failure is mostly to do with you and your own thoughts around your right success or failure yeah and your own accomplishments okay. it's it's like almost like accomplishment driven okay versus so this we'll we'll go versus like fear of success is more about what others expect of you and how mm. others see you do you don't feel like they have some overlap i think that they do but i think one can be very different than the other. So, like, so let's let's dive in a little bit further. So, like, fear of failure is can look like anxiety, avoidance, feelings of loss of control, helplessness, powerlessness. Um, versus, like, fear of success looks a lot like low goals, procrastination, um, perfectionism, quitting, oh, and quitting. self-destructiveness. <laughs> quitting. I must be a part of that. And for me, it was a self-destructive, and I was like. I'll self-destruct, and I literally just said this, I'll self-destruct when I know that, like, I'm doing things that will make me successful. I'll do things that make me revert backwards. Versus having that of... But I guess that's also, like, self-destructive is also me being avoidant. Right? Yes. I think I'm just trying to grasp the actual wording, like, 
the fear of failure is specific and in tune to you and you mm-hmm. feeling like you're failing yourself. Um, but I think I'm struggling to understand why it's specifically fear of failure and it can't just, it can't also be fear of success because I could fear success for myself as well. Whereas like you're saying like low goals, procrastination, perfectionism, quitting, self-destructiveness is fear of success, which is mostly about the reactions of others and like Mm -hmm. maybe those societal standards, like, oh, you should be married, 2.5 kids, like have a nice house. And I get that, but I question why it's not also tethered to what I think about myself like why can't I have fear of success specifically to me that's true and I guess I don't have an answer for you because I haven't done enough research no let's have a great debate yeah (laughs) um but that's I mean and that's where I was like well I feel like myself for for me I feel like my self-destructiveness is very avoidant like I'm avoiding doing things that I know are going to make me successful but are you avoiding them because you don't want to be successful in your eyes or society's eyes, other people's eyes. Because hmm. that's the def- that's where I'm getting right. stuck on the definition. Like if it if fear of success is only supposedly how Internal. other people react. Yeah. Why is it? And why why can't again? Why is that not fear of failure? Because you're failing other people. I think I just have trouble with the terminology. I totally understand the concepts that you're talking about. Right. I just think that it should be, it is, it's fear of failure or success because you can have that from yourself or from others. That's true. I don't know. We'll have to open it up to you guys. So if you have thoughts about it, please comment below. Throw your opinions. Yeah, absolutely. So why do people fear failure and success? Um, so I know for fear of failure, a lot of it is childhood, your upbringing, like what a personal definition of failure is and trauma versus like fear of success is backlash avoidance, which is just like the societal expectations. You don't want other people's opinions. Right. Your imposter syndrome, but also can be childhood experiences. So I feel like maybe the difference between these is like fear of failure is like a personal definition of success and failure because it looks different versus, for everybody right versus like there's that societal standard of fear and f- like what success and failure is i acknowledge that i think that we also have our own terms for ourselves for success because if we define failure for ourselves how can we not define what success is even in just like mm-hmm. if i say failing to me is Let's go back to middle school, middle school and high school days. You know, failing to me was not being in honors classes Mm. and I wasn't living up to my potential. Right. Yeah. Well, the failure in itself defines success. My success would be having and excelling in all my honors classes and and doing all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting prompt yeah it really is and like i think that would be a great prompt to write for yourself like what is your definition of fear what is your definition or fear well i guess you should actually kind of define what your definition of that's fear why they're is together too. fear and failure because yeah. when you fail you're fearing something within that failure yeah absolutely i think when i'm taking away at the end of this like i understand both concept concepts as much as i don't quite get the terminology Mm. i think that they put it with fear of failure because failure is specific to you and you have to define it yeah 
usually people aren't going to tell you that you failed. I mean, they might. <laughs> yeah, but it's never, fr- I don't feel like it's ever phrased in that way of like you failed. It's always phrased in like a much softer blow or like more of a, how can we make you succeed? Yeah. Type of way. I think Not I, always, I think but. I, I mean, I'm watching like a show, so maybe it's related to that, but mm-hmm. I, like they're talking about, it's a video game show mm-hmm. and people would say that you're a failure because you're playing video games and spending all your time mm. doing that. Like, I, there's that outright, like, you're a failure. You didn't do this. Mm-hmm. But I understand that that's because they're defining their definition of success and then mm-hmm. throwing in saying, oh, because you didn't live up to my definition of success, you subsequently you fail. failed. Right. Oh, I think I'm starting to unlock it. <laughs> <laughs> Only took me two episodes. <laughs> You're like, oh, that makes more sense now. You just gotta get there. You gotta deduct your reasoning. Yeah. All right. So with that, let's close that section out and talk about overcoming failure. We talked about facing fears. Now we need to talk about overcoming failure. Mm-hmm. So some great tips is to accept your feelings and emotions. You might feel sad, anxious, angry, etc. You might feel like it's easier to try to get rid of them. Failure is very uncomfortable for all of us. It's mm-hmm. it's a weird and uncomfortable feeling to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really want to focus on processing your emotions and feelings. They're there to help you strive to find improvement. It's not to push you down. Mm-hmm. So take the time, sit with your feelings, feel those emotions, and try to accept them and work on accepting them. Yeah, and I think the end of last episode was a perfect example of that. Like, I had a meltdown on air, and I think it's just a perfect example of feeling your emotions when they arise versus waiting to handle them in any other situation. I think if you handle them when you're feeling them, and then you can look back and also process those emotions when you're not in the moment is also really helpful because you were able to feel that emotion fully out. Yeah, I think you would end up finding yourself procrastinating on really deep diving if you avoid your feelings when you're feeling them. Mm-hmm. Because you can always, oh, I'm always going to circle back. I'll circle back to that later. Mm-hmm. And then you don't circle back. Mm-mm. All right. Next tip is failure does not mean that your life is going to be over. I think this is one that we need to hear. It's, it's the mm-hmm. truth. It doesn't define you. It happens to you. It's not It's not what you are. Failure yes. is not you. It is, what a, it is a situation and it is a, and I, this has been a phrase that's been really big for me lately. This is a blip in time and I don't think that I will remember this. Mm. And that gives me the mindset of this is a singular moment in the grand scheme of things. And that's been way more helpful than like be present. Yeah, no fucking shit. I get, I need to be present, but like I need something that is more concrete than that, that defines my future. Does this, and I think that's the the question I ask myself, does this little hiccup that I'm having right now define my future? And if the answer is no, then I can sit with a feeling, I can move through it and I can move on. But if it does, then I can sit there and I can be like, okay, why do you feel like this defines your future? What about this is going to define the future and And work through that? Yeah. Maybe it's becoming a learning experience and it it does define your future and now you've shot your trajectory in a whole different direction Mm -hmm. but you're still super successful right um so failure is normal everyone experiences it at one point of another Mm -hmm. learn from your failure and be constructive about it don't just be like oh i failed and leave it at that like what can you take from that failure what are you learning even if it's hard and uncomfortable to feel and you don't like all the feelings about it pull out what you can Mm -hmm. and what you can work on right then absolutely 
Find inspiration. Meet, I love this one. Meet new people, experiences, different situations, uh, traveling. When you're inspired, you become unstoppable. I loved that. Mm. Um, focus on the future. Could we just find our quote of the week? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. There were a lot in this episode. I gotta say. Uh, but focus on your future coulds and less about the past failures. When you're inspired, you're going to strive and drive after it. Mm-hmm. Find that inspiration. Sometimes you don't have inspiration, and that is why you fail. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay. Yes, ma'am. All right, so don't give up. Make yourself happy and appreciate the wonders of time. Time we know we all think that the clock is ticking. We only have so much, but time is also a good thing at the same time. Maybe you need a little bit more time and, and having that failure during that time to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are capable of anything you set your mind to. You will always be your biggest supporter and critic. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Be passionate. Sometimes failure can come from a lack of passion we just kind of talk about that like if you have that lack of inspiration passion Mm -hmm. ask yourself am i passionate about this passion motivates us to continue and put in that continual effort if you're passionate you're going to keep going after it i that's why i say i'm a quitter and it's not in a bad way because i quit things that i'm not passionate about yep 100 (laughs) percent. like i think i mentioned in the last episode or maybe episode before but I will stop reading a book if I feel like I've learned what I needed to learn. And I don't feel like that makes me a quitter. I feel like that just makes me understand that, like, I've learned what I can learn at this moment in time. And, like, I'm no longer passionate about reading this book. I know what happens. I know I know that this is fine where it's at. And I'm, okay, goodbye. Yeah. It still sits on my shelf and with a bookmark in it. And acknowledge that your passions can change. Yes. You might be really passionate about something and then you're going after it. And then you end up failing and it's not necessarily what you were wanting to do. It's less, you're less passionate about it five years down the road and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with positive people and avoid isolating yourself. I think these go very hand in hand. Mm. Um, Surround yourself with positive people because you're getting an outside perspective. And sometimes looking at other people kind of drives yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at other people's failures. You can talk about it like you discussed earlier. Um, and also get an idea of what your methods, other people's methods are. I mean, mm-hmm. I get a lot of inspiration from you because you're a very go-getter, get at them <laughs> type of person. And that, like, strive, like gets me to strive to what I want to go after. Mm-hmm. Um, Avoid isolating yourself goes into remembering that your mental and physical health are most important during this. You may have that down and out type of failure where you are sad, upset, maybe even depressed. And it is okay to feel all of those feelings, but you have to know at the end of the day, at some point, you you want to try to move past that. And don't neglect your mental or physical health in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know how easy that is to do. I've done it before. I've just been like, I'm not getting out of bed today. I'll just do work here. I don't need to get dressed. Like, I haven't showered in a week or two. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Like, those are really simple things to do, like, to throw aside. And it's really easy to have that. Yeah. It's easy to feel like you're, oh, I'm a failure and I messed up so bad. And, like, you get the couch lock. (laughs) The analysis paralysis. You don't want to do anything, but you're also not going to move past that failure to where you could gain more successes mm-hmm. if you don't push past and get out of that box keep, keep in mind your mental health your physical health and move forward mm-hmm. absolutely all right i think you would round out my lovely episode with how to cope with failure as a whole so i think these are just kind of reiterations of even how to cope with fear 
um, is considering the outcomes. Just when you dive into something, really make sure that you have for yourself, if you know you might, you might fail at this. Okay, well, like, what are all the possible outcomes? I think one thing, too, for myself that I've been saying a lot is, what's the worst I could say? No. Mm. What's the worst I could say? No. That's the worst case scenario. That is literally the worst case scenario. So it only gets better from there. And if they say no, what are what are the next steps? Yeah, it I think feels that's less always daunting. it does feel less daunting. And I always like people have always said that for so long. I'm like, the worst is no. The worst is no. And I'm like, yes. But then what does that mean you get to do? You get to try something new. You get to apply to a new job. You get to you know, maybe that wasn't supposed to work out because the next thing that's about to come up is going to be the thing that you actually wanted and this is just like a supplemental thing. I'm pure example of that I took a supplemental job before I got the job that I was like oh, well no this is really what I want <laughs> like that is I think a perfect example of considering those outcomes make a plan for the worst possible things that can happen and this is fear or failure mm-hmm. um, I think focus on the things that you can control just very much like planning ahead and the worst possible c- scenario is focusing on the things that you can control Yeah, I think we talked about this a lot in, like, the Overthinker Brain and other episodes, but planning ahead for yourself is the best thing you can do. If you're feeling fear or worrying about failure, how can you prevent Mm -hmm. those symptoms that might arise? And also, how can you possibly prevent the failure if you're expecting it? Yeah, absolutely. So, taking the time to plan things out, get worst-case scenarios on the books, and then go from there. And I think also, too, like... You can control how you feel. So I feel like for myself, if I'm more educated, I feel it feels less daunting. Or if I know what my next move is, then, like, I'm not so scared. Like, those are things that kind of bring me, like, grounded or kind of into, like, a safe space for myself. Like, okay, but I have other things that are just as good as if, if, even if this doesn't work out. Well, as we talked about, like, when I feel socially um, anxious, when I talk about parties, and we talked about that in another episode where I said it feels really beneficial to me to know all of the, the details around, like, who's going to be there, what time, uh, the directions, mm-hmm. what are those dress code. Like, I'm setting myself up for success because I'm trying to prevent the failure of me, like, feeling anxious and stressed out mm-hmm. because I showed up to the party late or in a bikini and it, it was not a pool party. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and this one is my favorite one. Redefine your failure. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, I think this is just so important. I think there are so many ways that you can redefine failure for yourself and recognize that there were small successes within your failure that can make your failure not feel so daunting or so terrible. I think I've done this a lot in some moments where I feel like I'm failing by society standard. Oh, who hasn't? <laughs> yeah, like, you, you, you're just like, oh, my God, I'm failing by society standard. And then I look at it, and I'm like, but do I really want to go that fast? And I think we're in such a fast-paced environment. So for me, I've been having that really big fear of, like, oh, my business is failing. But, like, it's not. Like, I still have a client. Like, I'm still having prospects. I'm still having interviews with people about, like, clients and things like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm still having successes, even if they're not what society defines as a business success. I don't have a multi-million dollar business, but I don't, and I'm not growing at a, you know, a 10K rate for, you know, in six months or a year. Like, I don't want to. I want slow growth and I want to slowly build the building blocks. So that way when things do mess up, it's not like I grew so fast 
And then I have this giant failure where it possibly takes my company under. And that to me feels like a worse failure than having these small little failures along the way of like not living up to what society thinks a successful business is. So how did you change that definition for yourself of failure? Well, and I I mean this strictly in the business sense. And I think that's because that's where I'm feeling it the most. I defined like my business, society's business success was having that multi-million dollar business. And for me, it was, do I really want all that responsibility right now? Like, can I handle all that responsibility of growing at a super fast-paced growth rate in six months? And I was like, no, I am so ill-prepared for that that I think that that growing at that pace, to me, is more scary than this slow growth that I'm kind of having right now. And I would rather have this almost up-down, like they always say, in business, businesses have to survive the dip. So it's like you have a really good like few months, six months, year, two years, but it's like the dip. Like, can you survive the dip? And I feel like if I have slow growth, I could survive that dip. But if I were to have like extenuating super fast growth, I wouldn't survive that dip because I would be so unprepared. And I think for me, it's just reshaping the fact of like, I'm not failing because society said like I need to grow in six months like no I'm succeeding at surviving the one thing that scares me the most in business which is that dip and I know I'll be fine doing that as long as I have the slow growth and continue to learn new things so you had defined your definition of success Mm -hmm. and what failure looks like to you yeah so that you could redefine the society standard that you felt around the business of failure yeah that makes sense. Yeah. I think that, like, the easiest example for me to relate it to is the 2.5 children. Oh, married by, you know, 20-something, and then you're married and have two children, point, you know, five dogs. Yeah. It's, it's everyone has the biological clock ticking. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily personal to me. I've never felt that clock ticking, honestly. Mm, no. I don't have any of that because I was, like... Am I really going to be a failure if I haven't met the love of my life by 30 and then had popped out two children? (laughs) Yeah, no, like, and absolutely not. So, but do you feel like you have any ways that you cope with failure for yourself? Like mine was like more of a redefinition and a very, what's the worst possible case scenario? So what do you feel like your coping mechanisms are? Um, I do think that... I have to block out society standards first and foremost because it's really easy to get caught up in the to-do of it all. Like, oh, because if you think about when you're thinking, some stuff just pops up immediately Mm. and you have to go like, is this me Mm. or is this society? Absolutely. And so once I've figured out which of those it is, I really do try to process my feelings. Mm. Why am I feeling like such a failure? What is it that happened that I can't just be like, oh, well, I'm learning, I'm taking on something. Like, why is it making it specifically failure? Mm. And that's going to be personal to everybody. So I'm not going to say like, oh, yeah, it's this and that. And so you need to redefine it. Um, I do have that redefining period if I need it. But I think that I really try to just be gentle and understanding with myself to keep in mind that I am still learning and that it is okay to change paths. Mm-hmm. It's It's... Your life is not, like, already drawn out like the Monopoly board. It's not the game of life. Like, it's not pre-planned. You are working on it. It is constantly changing. 
and that is totally normal and okay. I loved your reference there of like this is not life because the game of life like game the game of life literally like says like oh do you want to choose to just go get a career or like go to school and then you have your kid you have you get married and then you ha- you have your first baby and then you get your paychecks along the way and then you get a house and then you get another kid like it's not that simple. No, most of my track isn't pre-planned either. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have it all figured out. I know I'm going to fail. And I think that I accept that as well. Like, I know at some points I'm going to fail. It's not something you can avoid. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. So Absolutely. understand that it is eventually going to be inevitable. And then, like, taking it with a grain of salt. Like, do, oh, maybe it is something that I need to really work on or it's something that I need to strive for to get that improvement or maybe it is just me figuring it out, and that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Do you have anything else for us? I know that, like, I'm all tapped out here. I had a list of how to face your fears, but you pretty much, or your failures, and you pretty much went through everything that was on my little list. So I was like, oh, perfect. I don't have to say anything more. She's got it. No, I don't have anything. I think that this is a pretty well-rounded out episode. I Much think... better than our first. Woo! Yes! <laughs> Uh, celebrating our successes here. <laughs> but I think that the, we've had a lot of great tips. I think that the biggest ones, like you said, is going to be like really redefining your definition of failure and success. Mm-hmm. Let it sit. It's going to morph over time. And just align it with your own happiness. Mm-hmm. Follow that joy, guys. Ooh, yes, bring that. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> Following that joy, baby. But I think that's where it is, is that if you're not happy with what you're doing, that's really where you start to define what is successful or failure. Mm-hmm. Because you're ultimately unhappy with something, mm-hmm. or society is unhappy with something that you did. Mm-hmm. So acknowledging that, taking the time to process it, and... Honestly, like I said, just live your life for you. It is mm-hmm. not the game of life. It is not all pre-planned. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to roll this out. Beautiful. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at tabletalks.podcast. Why am I losing my outro? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, today is a, a flop. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say follow us, rate, like, and subscribe. Um, and... We love you, and we will love you through all your failures and successes, just like I hope you do us. And go out and do something bold. Love you and see you later.